the Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to show 362 of Aussie Mac Zone. I hope everyone is good tonight. How are you, Zahn? Fantastic, Michael. How are you? I'm just uh, sharing our, our live uh, podcast to everybody. Excellent. Excellent. I'll do that as well by going into here now and going, welcome all you Apple nerds. <laughs> Excellent. And it looks like I didn't even spell it properly. <clears throat> <laughs> so, everything good tonight, sir? Absolutely. Excellent. So we'll start our Aussie Apple ramblings this week with yep. Mac OS Big Sur update, bricking some older Mac Pro models. Mac Rumors reports a large number of late 2013 and mid-2014 13-inch MacBook Pro owners are reporting that macOS Big Sur update is bricking their machines. A Mac Rumors forum thread contains a significant number of users reporting the issue, and similar problems are being reported across Reddit and the Apple support communities, suggesting the problem is widespread, which is no good. Users are reporting that during the course of updating to macOS Big Sur, the machines are stuck displaying a black screen. Key reset combinations, including NVRAM, SMC, safe mode, and internet recovery, are all reportedly inaccessible after attempting to install the update, leaving no way to bypass the static black screen. It appears the overwhelming number of users experience problems are owners of 2013 and mid-2014 13-inch Mac Pro, but it's unclear exactly how many users of these models have been affected. It's also of note that these are the oldest models supported by Big Sur. One commenter on Reddit said that they were told by Apple support to book their MacBook Pro in for a repair. Another on an Apple support thread said the issue had been escalated to Apple's engineering team, so Apple should now be aware of the problem. So until it is clear what may be causing the issue, and Apple releases a fix, if you own a 2013 or mid-2014 13-inch MacBook Pro, please don't do the update to macOS Big Sur, because we don't want you to have a brick machine. That's right. I was actually uh, reading a little bit about that today. Yeah. Um, and I just, it'd be such a pain in the bum if you were like, all right, yeah, sweet. You know, let's do this. And uh, it happened and I was really, it happened too. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, I, just, I just felt really sorry for them. Oh, I don't know what I'd do with my, <laughs> yes, it's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, especially like when you're using your computer for work and everything like that, and then yeah, gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So anyway, um, Apple software chief Craig uh, Frederighi. Yep. Defends. <laughs> I said it fast enough, so I said it right. 
uh, <laughs> the firm's app-tracking transparency feature. MacRumors again reports following Apple's uh, confirmation that it still plans to introduce a new app-tracking transparency feature that will let users know when companies want to track them across apps and websites, uh, which has attracted criticism from companies such as Facebook. And uh, Craig has explained more about the the rationale behind the change to to the independent. The app tracking transparency feature allows users to opt out of data collection and choose whether or not advertisers can track their activity. While it was originally supposed to arrive with OS 14 earlier this year, Apple has postponed the feature until early 2021 to give developers more time to accommodate. Rodrigue told uh, the Independent that the new feature can be put down to Apple's support for privacy as a core value. That has been um, present since the beginning of the company. Citing how Steve Jobs heightened the Apple's at the Apple II's ability to allow users to secure their own information on floppy disk and have control over their data. He said that the feature would ultimately be better for uh, forever the people that are currently at times protesting those moves because it increases trust uh, between users, developers, and advertisers. But Rigi also said that similar concerns had been raised in the past about new privacy features, but they did not result in long-term issues and eventually became widespread across the industry. We introduced uh, we introduced intelligent track prevention uh, prevent, blah, prevention several years ago, and at the time. Parts of the ad industry were saying that the sky was going to be falling, uh, falling in, at, um, and that their businesses uh, was going to be destroyed by the fact that they couldn't track everyone from website to website to website. Well, in fact, if you look at what happened to the industry, that didn't happen at all. And yet, we also protected users' privacy. That's right. I think it's really, really important. And I know that I know these companies are like, oh, but we want this information. We really need it. No, you don't. Yeah. You know, why, why do they? Why do they need so so, so minute much. so minute little information about us? Mm. <laughs> so that's yep. the, that's yeah. So I think uh, they're gonna for the people who say yes. You're going to get that data anyway. Yep. So they don't need everyone's data. I think it's just being greedy. I honestly do because they're like they're trying to squeeze every cent they out can of out of every out of every consumer. Yep. And to be fair, they don't need it. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's. It's the old, you know, old saying: "Give me convenience, or give me death." <laughs> and um, some some people would rather choose death. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>
so Mac OS Big Sur is telling Apple what app you've opened isn't a security or privacy issue. Apple Insider reports, even before Apple confirmed that Gatekeeper calling home wasn't associated with user information on Sunday night, privacy concerns of bad actors theoretically monitoring app launches with that data are not an issue, as one researcher has suggested. Here's why. So on Thursday... Uh, macOS users reported issues trying to upgrade the operating system to macOS, while others ended up having trouble running applications even without upgrading. The problem was determined to be server-related with an issue on Apple's server preventing certificate checking function from working. Now, that same service has been picked up by security researcher Jeffrey Paul, founder of an application security and operational security consulting firm and in a lengthy piece written on Thursday Paul attempted to raise awareness of perceived privacy issue within macOS namely that it is seemingly reports back to Apple what apps are being opened by a user according to Paul Apple's communications between the Mac and specific servers can be coupled with the data stemming from an IP address in such a way that it can create a massive metadata about a user's actions. This would include where they are and when, as well as the details of their computer and what software they're running. By collecting this data over time, this can supposedly create an archive that could easily be mined by bad actors giving what could be considerable abilities to perform surveillance on a mass scale, possibly levels to the infamous and now shut down PRISM surveillance program. The problem is it's nowhere even close to that dramatic and nowhere near that bad. And if they were so inclined, the ISPs have the ability to harvest way more data on users with just general internet usage than Gatekeeper ever surrenders. So how Gatekeeper works... Apple includes various security features in its operating systems, and Mac OS is no exception. To prevent the potential use of malware in apps, Apple requires developers to undergo various processes to make the app function on Mac OS. Along with creating security certificates, which can help confirm an app is from a developer, is authorised and genuine, Apple also mandates that apps undergo a notarization process. Register developers send apps to Apple, which are scanned for security issues and malicious code, before being given the OK by the company. It's not entirely new, nor is it secret. It's worth pointing out that this potential use case for data isn't something that is a recent issue for Apple users. Apple has employed Gatekeeper to check certificates with server-based confirmation since it was first implemented in 2012. So it's been active for quite some time already. If it were a privacy problem, as framed by Paul, and it isn't, it would have been one for quite a few years and everybody would be going off their nanas about it. But obviously it's not. So... There's a lot more to to that whole article, and of course the show notes have a link to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is a lot more to it if you want to get right into it. But there's nothing to panic about. Nothing at all to panic about. At all, <laughs> it just makes it safer for us to use. Yep. So gaming. 
Gaming, gaming, yes. gaming, gaming, gaming. That's right. So, again, this week I'm really excited. I played Oceanhorn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. Now, Nintendo uh, gamers may know Oceanhorn uh, because it was released on Nintendo. Uh, now, this is Oceanhorn 2. I'm pretty sure they've got another deal with Nintendo, and I think this will also get released there. Um if I remember correctly. Uh, this game was... I love this game. It was so fun to play. I had so much fun following the adventures to become a knight. I'm finding lost treasure, battling giant sea creatures, training with masters. Uh, like if you like Zelda, uh, those types of games, then uh, you, you're going to love this game. I, I had so much fun playing it. It was excellent. Um, again, as of last week as well with uh, the Pathless, this is another one of those games. You just get caught up and it, you think you've been playing for 20 minutes and you've been playing for two and a half hours. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, I was, you know, climbing through underground caves that led out to the ocean uh, to find old, you know, dead pirate treasure, to be able to come and find like a key to go back to take to a master to open the box that then, you know, gave you information so then you could set off sail. And each time you do one of these things, you, you, you go up a level. So you start off as sort of a trainee knight and then you become, you know, you're a knight something like, you know, underling knight and then, and so on until you become one of, one of these knights. And um, I'm having fun getting there. I'm not yet there, but, I'm, <laughs> but I will be. And so, again, go out and get it. Play it. If you've got App Store, it doesn't cost anything anyway. You've already paid, um, I mean, Arcade. Yeah, you've already got it. You might as well download it and give it a go. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give it 4.2 apples out of 5. Well done. Excellent. Something to look yeah. forward to? Yep. Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. So, Apple announces the second annual Apple Music Awards. Now, Apple announced the winners of the second annual Apple Music Awards, recognised the best and boldest musicians of 2020 and their enormous yep. impact on global culture. The Apple Music Awards honour achievements in music across five distinct categories and winners are chosen through a process that reflects both Apple Music's editorial perspective and what customers around the world are loving most. The winners for Global Artist of the Year, Songwriter of the Year and Breakthrough Artist of the Year were hand-selected by Apple's Music Global Editorial Team of World Class Expert and Tastemakers. And the awards for Top Song, Top Album are based on streaming data that is reflected on what Apple Music subscribers have been listening to throughout the year. The Apple Music Awards celebration kicks off on December the 14th with a week of special performances, fan events, interviews and more streaming worldwide on Apple Music. Apple Music TV and the Apple TV app. Fans who are not already subscribed can sign up for a three three-month trial, of course. 
So the Apple Music Awards is our opportunity to recognize and honor the incredible artists who we feel have deeply impacted and inspired the world and our customers and helped us feel connected through music this year, said Oliver Schusser, Apple's Vice President of Apple Music and Beats. We have an exciting week of music planned in December and are very, are very much looking forward to celebrating together with these artists and their fans. And the winners are Artist of the Year. Yep. Is I'm just gonna little baby. Yeah. And I'll just put his picture up Great there. Great so, of the year. Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. <laughs> That's a name. <laughs> I know it is. Songwriter of the Year. Taylor Swift. Uh, top song of the year, "The Box" by Roddy Rich. He also picked also, up, yeah. yeah. He also picked up top album of the year with "Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial." Yeah, which is pretty obvious this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, excellent and well done. Congratulations to them all. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. And any award is worth getting at the moment, of course. Yes. Now, so, I don't know whether you've what, actually watched this. I know I've got you to read it, but I don't know whether yeah, you've actually watched I it. Haven't, I have not watched it yet. I just want to make that perfectly clear, but I will be watching it now that I... Oh, yeah, I want, you, I want you and the kids to, to sit there and watch it yeah. together. It is absolutely yeah, spectacular. Just, just, there's a picture up on the screen at the moment. With and that's the first part of the cloud. There's no picture yet. Yeah, um, it'll it'll be there. It'll be on Facebook while we're talking, anyway. Um, okay. Because you know that ten seconds or whatever. But the actual cloud. Just watching that in because this is all in slow motion, right? Yeah. And the cloud is stunning. Watching the cloud just roll. Out, stunning, and then Excellent. then we get then we get another. After a few seconds, you get another big cl cloud coming towards you, which is a, a different different phase of the launch. But um, so, watch a dramatic rocket launch shot on the iPhone 12 Pro lift off in slow motion video. Space Explored reports Apple recently launched the all new iPhone 12 lineup with notable camera improvements across all four models. We're still putting the new sure. cameras yeah, their paces, so we thought we would try capturing a rocket launch with an iPhone 12 Pro. Now, when they're doing pad shots, launch providers yep. often give press the opportunity to leave cameras at the launch pad prior to the mission so their rockets yep. can be photographed and captured remotely. No person wants to be anywhere near the launch pad during liftoff for reasons you can see no. in the video. Yes. Uh, but instead, photographers program cameras to trigger at liftoff based on conditions like time, sound, noise levels. Any number of variables can call cameras to misfire early or miss the shot altogether. Knowing how to configure the shot's exposure, shutter speed and more go into overcoming the obstacle of not actually being there to fire the camera at liftoff. Now, shot on iPhone. Shooting with the iPhone introduces its own challenges like overheating, running out of storage and protecting the hardware. 
Our video was captured with a 512 gig iPhone 12 Pro in airplane mode. So no cellular or Bluetooth radios were active, something that's not allowed. Yep. Uh, we also relied on the Mophie Power Station XXL 20K battery pack to avoid running out of power before liftoff. Because, you know, we're talking... You know, we're talking more than six hours between when they place the camera and when, yeah, like that time. And you know, liftoffs get delayed for 20 minutes or you know, two That's hours right, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so the footage is from a 270 gigabit video that captured footage over 10 hours. The video was cropped in the iPhone uh, in the photos app on the iPhone, and the watermark, watermark was added in LumaFusion on the iPad. The iPhone was mounted on a tripod and attached with a jobby iPhone mount adapter. Our next move is to spend the time editing and adjusting the footage, but for now we want to share the footage as it was captured by the iPhone 12 Pro. So the launch, there's a link to the YouTube launch, and there's more on the actual story. But did I actually get that picture up after all of that? No, you didn't put it up. There we go. Oh, there. What an idiot. So uh, it is very spectacular, and I think people uh, would enjoy just watching the video. Yeah, over a couple of minutes, and just a launch at slow-mo. Something that, you know, nobody can actually experience being that close. Yeah. So you've got to get cameras to do it. So yeah, something something very much to look forward to. Because I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> so on a, on another note on entertainment, yeah. Um, this isn't on Apple TV, but it is through the Apple TV. Uh, I mean, it is through the Apple TV, but it's not on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's a show we've both been watching mm-hmm. on um, seven the plus, 7 Plus seven, app, yeah. and it's called God Friended Me. Yeah. Uh, I'm up to episode 17 or 19, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, you're a little bit ahead of me. Yep. And um, uh, it's fantastic. It's such a great show. It's, it's funny. It's uh, very well, well done. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you like, if you like that, you know, it's got a bit of heart warm, and you know, yeah, it's bit it's of good. comedy, a bit of heart warm, yeah, a bit of yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and you see, yeah, just coincidence. How coincidence happens? Yeah. Does it happen by? Does it really happen by chance? <laughs> yeah. So. And so uh, we've both been enjoying it, and um, once we finish here, I'm going to watch an episode. <laughs> and then I'm going to get a bed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you yeah, get a chance, check it out. Yeah, it's just a good Australian oh, – it's not an Australian show, sorry. It's an American show, yeah. but, yeah, good show. Good acting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty straightforward, yeah. It does get interesting, and it, but it is different, right? So, and, it, and it isn't one of those shows that I hate, which is, you know, fake reality. <laughs> yeah, and even though it's a, even though it's a little bit, you know, it is a little bit 
sort of fakeish here and there, like you know, with the with the god open and everything like that. But it's still quite it's it's well done. It's easy watching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Um, I've got this one again. Unfortunately, that that's so uh, is it how to? Yeah. Apple's new everyday experiment experiment video encourages at home creativity with the iPhone 12. Nine to five Mac reminds us Apple has shared a new experiment video on its YouTube channel. They have, I seen it yesterday. <laughs> Shot on the iPhone 12, uh, Apple's experiments video have become popular over the last several years as a way to showcase iPhone camera features. And today's new iPhone 12 footage focuses on everyday experiments. The video is intended to show experiments you can do at home during the uh, coronavirus pandemic. In, t- in total, there are three experiments in today's video. The uplinks are there. Check it out. I watched them yesterday. I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. And when um, I really came over to try and do them. <laughs> Sorry? I nearly came over last night to try and do them. <laughs> oh, I, wish you, I wish you would have now. Because we watched them, but we don't have the phone yet. And so, well, oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Story four. Uh, no, but good things. No. Yeah. Good, good, good things when we're stuck indoors. Just yeah. please remember to enjoy your kids and or your pets that are also stuck yes. at home. Absolutely. Right? We all know that they both can become annoying. Yep. That's that means you're. I mean, no. You're focused, which, uh, you know, as things are getting better, though, you're definitely going to miss them when you're stuck at work again. You know, Speaking the twelve told me yours. My God. <laughs> is he going off? Is he splashing uh, around? Just, <laughs> he's going crazy. She's up on a rock, and she's watching us make a video. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's my turtle people, and uh, well, it's not. She's not a turtle people, or a person for that fact. But she is a turtle. Uh, I don't know if you can see her, but she's on a rock just here. Um, hey, okay. uh, come down. Come on, come on, you can do it. Yay. Hey. <laughs> well she done. Is. Hey, she's watching us make the video. <laughs> and being very serious, and she's tapping the glass and everything, trying to get my yeah, attention. So, don't forget me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, speaking of pets, don't forget them. And so there you go. It's behind me yeah. again. Yeah. So Apple's secret weapon in AR is right in front of us. CNET reports, sometime in the not-too-distant future, Apple will reportedly unveil an augmented or mixed-reality headset. Apple hasn't discussed any headgear yet, but augmented reality is alive and well on the iPhone and is getting better fast. Apple began its AR journey in 2017, making a smash with virtual IKEA furniture and realistic-looking outdoor yes. Pokemon Go battles. Yes. Remember that? Oh, I do. I remember the, uh, <laughs> especially the IKEA app because Kellyanne went crazy for it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, see, this legend of great in our lounge room. Oh, okay. So this year... Me, on the I've other been... hand, I was like, yeah. oh, look, Pokemon Go, I can catch a Squirtle out. 
So this year I've been standing on street corners scanning fire hydrants with Apple's new iPhone uh, 12 Pro. I've mapped my house's yep. interior. I've navigated lava rivers on my floors. Yep. In many ways, Apple's depth-sensing LiDAR sensor on the latest iPhones and iPads with its advanced 3D scanning possibilities feels like the backbone to the Apple headsets of the future. Facebook, pardon me, Microsoft and Magic Leap are already exploring goggles and glasses that aim to blend the virtual and real with more headsets coming in the future using Qualcomm chips. But Apple's AR mission right now, according to Mike Rockwell, Apple's head of AR and Alessandra McGuinness, its senior product manager for AR, is to make everything work better on the device you already have in your pocket. Laying AR with real-world locations and popping up experiences automatically while making creative tools and developing assistive tech based on AR's capabilities could, in the long run, become the biggest killer apps. AR has enormous potential to be helpful to folks in their lives across devices that exist today and devices that may exist tomorrow. But we've got to make sure that it is successful, Rockwell says. For us, the best way to do that is to enable our device ecosystem so that it is a healthy and profitable place for people to invest their time and effort. And there is a lot more to that story, again, in the show notes. I really like AR. Uh, When it first came out with Pokemon Go, we'd go outside with Mason and turn it on, and and both of us were able to catch Pokemon in real life. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I mean, like that. Yeah, in real life, and it was so much fun. We had so much fun doing it together, and we still do it today. Like we're only talking about Pokemon this afternoon, and what we wanted to catch, and what we did catch, and he and what he needs to so we can trade uh, yep. Pokemon. So, yeah, excellent. He needs excellent. he needs uh, a bit more. Stardust, so we can trade some special Pokemon that we caught over the weekend. <laughs> bit more, so, star- yeah. bit more Stardust. <laughs> That's right, a bit more Stardust. Speaking All of right. Stardust, wait a minute. Wait yep. a, speaking yep. of Stardust, um, the Apple TV one about the meteorites. Yeah. Um, what's it called? We we're watching it. It's called. Um, oh, nearly done it. Yeah, I know. My head's broken um we watched it, we watched it, it the other night and they were interviewing yeah. one music musician who's also a scientist yeah go, yeah and he was go, like, used to go on the roof yeah he goes on the roof and collects dust yeah. off the roof yeah and, and he's got his he's basically set up his own section of science in the world yep micro meteorites and we're yep. talking dust just looks like dust, yeah. and then he takes it to another mate who's a specialist photographer who then, yep. then set up a whole bit of equipment, and he just goes over there once a week where the dust is collected, and then they find their meteorites. And we're talking we're talking just dust particles or fraction, you know, like little, little, little rocks, and you think, oh, that's just a rock. It's just a rock. But he's they worked out how to take proper photos of them. And proven that they're actually meteorites, but they're only you know one millimeter yeah. or two millimeters in diameter. Like it's yeah, astounding. <laughs> it is. That's you just another part of that show. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
did you see when they were talking about it before that they were talking about the big crater in the desert here in Australia? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was that was fantastic as well. Yeah, well, there's one in Australia. There's one in India, yeah. which is what four kilometers across. Yeah, there's one in the in states in France. Yeah, so just astounding. Yeah, astounding. And we're lucky that we haven't actually had any real ones like that killed the the dinosaurs, you know. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> so, all right. And developers. Yes, developers see a world of possibilities with new app store, small business program. Every week, half a billion visitors to the app store engage with 1.8 million apps from indie games like. Song of Bloom to virtual fitness coaches like My Swim Pro to um, to coding apps for kids like uh, Hopscotch. Many of these apps are created by independent developers. Maintain full time carers that ultimately fund their idea until they are launched into the real world. Since the launch of the App Store, small businesses have been its driven spirit. Now, more than ever, these businesses are called to the communities they serve, helping people stay healthy, connected, and learning. Uh, healthy, connected, and learning. Last week, Apple unveiled the App Store Small Business Program, a new commission structure to support small and individual developers and spur innovation for the next chapter of apps. This is a big opportunity for the indie gaming spirit to become truly mobile, says Philip Strollmeyer, yeah. a solo developer in the app store. Strollmeyer, whose latest game, Song of Bloom, won an Apple Design Award in June 2020, was drawn to the appeal of iPhone as a new platform for gaming, one in its infancy and in need of its own set of standards. When his first game, What the Frog, launched in the App Store in 2013 and won a German multimedia prize, he knew he was onto something. I saw a whole new world of possibilities and how easy it was to get something out there, Sean Meyer says. I had the chance to shape uh, how mobile games work and how they differ from consoles. With mobile games, and use, uh, you use the phone in a much more personal way. I put that inside my games and make that active as gameplay, which is much more valuable than trying to create uh, worlds that might not work so well on a small screen. With the Apple's announced uh, that developers that earn under US one million would now pay half the commission that uh, they used to, fifteen percent instead of thirty percent. Yeah. So Wait, what? So the commission when when you buy a game or yep. buy an buy an app. Or you know, whatever. Apple get thirty percent of whatever the cost is. They do it, but they you know oh, so they're, they're storing it. They're doing the paperwork. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now they'll send they'll pay half the cost. So they'll, they'll only yeah. use fifteen percent instead of thirty. Well that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that'll make a huge a huge, huge difference to lots and 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 lots of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, there's a cup you know, there's companies out there that are single people or even four people, you know. Yeah. That'll make a huge difference too. So excellent. It's all part of the strategy, of course, keeping us yeah. all, all in the picture. So I've got nothing else, my friend. Well, we talked about uh, God Friended Me, um, the music. What else have we been doing? Gaming. Mm. Um, the, the one thing that's been well, – sorry, there's two things. One, I led you Australia yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You, you can have two – um, of the new mini speakers, yep, and pair them up as a stereo pair. Excellent. But can you can you run external Bluetooth speakers from your mini home, a uh, mini pod? No. Do you know how you've got your house set up with the speakers and everything like that? Can I yeah. do the same? Well, it's they're not Bluetooth, but because mine are all cable speakers, all of mine are cable okay, speakers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Through 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 an through an app, uh, Apple Wireless Hub, right? So yep. their AirPod, like their um, their Mini ones or whatever. So you can have them all over the house doing exactly the same thing as I have. Yep. So awesome. Uh, and that, yeah, and so that's what I wanted to set up. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say I have lost my Apple TV. Well, I didn't lose it, but <laughs> our Apple TV remote had been lost. It's lost in the house somewhere. Yeah. Now it's probably over somewhere in this direction in the lounge room. I'm sure where the kids have played, knocked off, and it's gone down the lounge. I'll have to dig around and find it. But I've been missing for about three days. <clears throat> Luckily, uh, when we got the Apple TV. We did set it up so our phones could be used as remotes. Yep. And so even though we have lost the remote somewhere in the house, we have been able to use uh, the uh, Apple TV with our phone. Now, yep. the phone doesn't control the volume, but that's okay because we do also have the television remote that also pairs with the Apple TV because you do that when you first get your Apple TV to ask if you want to um, pair your remote. So by phone and original TV remote, I'm able to use the volume. I'm able to do everything I need to do. Yes, it's not as convenient as that one little awesome remote. Yeah. But if you do lose a remote and you need to look for it and you really, really don't want to replace it because they cost a little bit, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> then you are able to do this until you actually get a chance to look for it properly and find it. Yeah, yeah, and and you, all you do is uh, it's in control center, so you just swipe down from the top right hand corner of your phone, and, yep. or if you've got a home button up from the bottom, and it's just there, yep. boom, and just yep. press That's a right. button, shoot, and like at my place, there's a little picture, little picture of a remote, or you just touch it, yeah, and it'll and it'll pair if you it'll pair with your Apple TV, yeah, and and it will save you. Yeah, and Until I've got I've got three Apple that. TVs at my place. One, two, yeah. 
one, two, three, yeah, three Apple TVs, four Apple TVs, yep. sorry, all different vintages, four. four, yeah. And when you go to that remote that we're talking about, it just says, which one do you want to control? Living room, yep. bedroom, you know, office. I, so the boys also lost their remote. So this yep. has all happened in the span of a week. Yep. Um... But I guess we can talk about this off. We can talk about it now. Actually, why not? We've got a little bit of time, so we might. Yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got heaps of time. Um, so we might as well. It's asking for a code to turn. So it's like telling me that I need to turn the TV on and add a code. Now this is an older gen um, Apple TV, and it's saying I need to put in a code before it will let me use my controller as my phone. Uh, we haven't been able to turn, so we haven't been able to turn the Apple TV on for the boys in a week. But you should be able to unplug it, plug it back in, like unplug yep. it, count to ten, plug it back in, get it up yep. on the TV, yep. then try, then go through the process because the code's got to come up on the screen. Uh, so if I unplug it and plug it back in, it'll turn itself on, will it? Yeah, but should. All right. yep, yeah, cool. I'll give that a go. Should should always be on. Well, you can. Turn it off. You can tell it to go to sleep. Yeah. So unplug. Oh, and with the it. new ones, yeah, with the new ones, you can just press the speak button yeah. and you go turn off, and it turns everything <laughs> off. Yeah. But yeah, just unplug it. Count to ten. Plug it back in. Make sure you're in the right HDMI channel. It, it yeah. takes about thirty seconds before something shows up on the screen. Generally. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, just do that. Right, the other cool. the the other thing that they talked about this week massively is the the speed of the new Apple chipped MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini. Yes. How yes. how fast they are, how good the battery is, um, how much you know they don't make any noise because the fans don't come on anywhere near as early. Um, yep. And one of the other ones that they bought up was oh. Yeah, in in I want to say it was in Garage Band. Yeah, he, he had like a hundred thousand instruments going, <laughs> not ten thousand, like something like a hundred thousand. Even if it was a thousand instruments going at the same time. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't even know a thousand instruments existed. Yeah. <laughs> but you can have you know fifteen violins all playing a f- yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right, but you know, different pitches and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, That's incredible. Um, there's a few th- stories going around. I really so like Garage Band. I'm definitely not as musically inclined to be able to do that, but I like Garage Band just to make some beats and have some fun and yeah. you know, try to mess around and make some music. So, it's a, it's a great little app. Yeah, excellent. And I say little, but it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the show notes link is on the show upload, the link being AussieMagZone.com.au forward slash AMZ362. There, yeah. ooh, I am. there you will see the last six weeks of show notes. Yeah. That's you. Uh, you could email us at Michael or Zahn at AussieMacZone.com.au Just search for us at AussieMacZone on Google Podcasts. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast from. That's right. Don't forget, you can search for us on Apple News under Aussie Max Zone and just uh, like us there and you'll get yeah, anything we'll that we like release it. on there. Yeah. Now, most importantly, thanks to our supporters, you, our listeners. Always. Thank you. And uh, over to Zahn for the sign-off. Once again, thank you for a lovely night. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, thank you for being here. Remember, an apple a day keeps the angels away. See you later.